0: Welcome to Curious Insights from History. I'm John Walker, and I know enough history to be dangerous. Super glad you're listening to the show today. Hello there, friends and neighbors. Welcome to another exciting Curious Insight from History. The international audience continues to grow, and I'm thankful for it. Hope we have a good one for you today. I'm glad, glad, glad you're listening. We're going to start with a young man named Winston. You may not have to guess, there's not a lot of men named Winston in history. And we're going to be in South Africa. Little Winston, as a man in his 20s, had gone down to South Africa. There's a war going on. He wants to get in the middle of it. He is a young man who believes he is destined to become the Prime Minister of Great Britain. And he needs to get involved in something that gives him the notoriety that he needs to do that. So he goes to South Africa as a journalist during the Boer Wars. The Boer Wars was a war that started from a few little things happened around 1866, 1867. A young boy in the Jacobs family is walking around or doing whatever young boys do, finds him a pebble. He says, Man, that's a pretty pebble. I really like this pebble. Well, the pebble the young boy liked turned out to be something called the Eureka Diamond, a little 21-carat diamond, one of, if not the first diamond found in South Africa. Obviously, people get a little interested when somebody finds diamonds. And then not long after that, a place called the Whitwater Strand Gold Mine. I hope that the pronunciation is right. A little gold mine that became one of the biggest gold mines in the world, it, and it, it was uh, just a gold mine, it, it became the town of Johannesburg. So you throw that out there, a little greed, some few decades of bad blood between the Boers and the British, and they've got a war going on. Interesting about this war, the Boers anticipated the war and had prepared themselves, had accumulated a lot of weapons, were ready to fight, the British not so much. Well, soon after Churchill gets down to South Africa, he's with his company on an armored train, and the train is ambushed. As a civilian, Winston begins to give orders. He begins to rally the troops. He essentially acted like the captain of the of the, of the men. Uh, he showed incredible bravery. Some would say the bravery bordered on stupid. Uh, exposing himself to shells, exposing himself to the enemy fire uh, way more than was necessary possibly. Interesting that that's how he behaved. Well, they didn't make it. The Boers were able to capture him, and so Winston finds himself in a POW camp in Pretoria. And from that camp, he's able to jump the fence, and with a small wad of cash and four slabs of chocolate, he's able to escape and travel over 200 miles to his freedom. Once he gets to his freedom, he goes back and enlists, comes back to South Africa, and helps to win that war. This is the story of Winston Churchill. People of Britain love this story. He became a hero because of it. My knowledge of this comes from a book written by a lady by the name of Candace Millard, Hero of the Empire. Candace Millard is on the list of of my authors that if she wrote it, I want to read it. As far as I know, she's written three books, and they were all really, really interesting. The kind of books that you think, is this going to be any good? And halfway into it, you're totally fascinated. But the thing to think about to me is the significance of Winston Churchill. This story is how he got started. He, He became a hero here. This was the event he was looking for that gave him the notoriety that he needed that maybe eventually he could become prime minister. Churchill is a very significant man, very significant in history. Let me just say this right off the bat. I heard somewhere, and I don't know how much truth there is to this, but if you've read four books on a subject, you're an expert. Well, that's a pretty generous standard. But by that generous standard, I am indeed an expert on Winston Churchill. So listen carefully. But Churchill is very significant. One of the things that that strikes me is he's probably on the short list of people in all of history of significance. Uh, to me, he was basically the only voice that was warning about Germany before World War II. Very very significant person in, in, in the in how the war took place and what what happened when and what what was done where. It's interesting to me when you start looking at history from the American perspective, the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor but we jump into the Second World War and emphasize an attack on Germany. We kind of put the Pacific on hold. You wonder, why did we do that? Well, probably because of the influence of Winston Churchill. Really significant to think about what would have happened in the war without him. He's kind of the only voice standing in opposition to the Germans. It's interesting, too, he's, his bravery never goes away. He's, there are pictures of him in Britain with the Germans bombing. And he's on a rooftop shaking his fist at the German airplanes. And, of course, his speeches and all the things that he did to to rally the people. Quite an interesting man. You know, he's one of those guys that in modern look back, there's a lot of criticism of him. Of course, almost anybody that you take today's standards and look back, they, they don't measure up, but that's really not being fair. You know, if we look back at, Abraham Lincoln, we would find an incredibly racist man, and that's just not a fair assessment of him at all. By today's standards, he was hugely beneficial for the black man, hugely beneficial. And so there's a lot of look back on Churchill that's, that's uh, less than flattering, and some of it's justified, I think. One thing about Churchill, he's an extremely fascinating man, very smart, very well read. He read tons of books. He wrote a lot of books. He was an artist. Just a really fascinating, significant man. He also was one of the first to see the coming Cold War before the Yalta Conference. He said, The misery of the whole world appalls me, and I fear increasingly that new struggles may arise out of those we are successfully ending. As the World War II was coming to an end, he could see the Cold War coming. Uh, He was also in many ways able to see things coming one of the most prescient people more 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 able to see into the future to see what's coming than than a lot of people he's also an extremely confident man it's interesting to me when he goes to south africa he's planning on becoming the prime minister and he needs something to happen so he can get the notoriety i think his confidence in himself was a little abrasive at times he was a little know-it-all sometimes but he was really confident all of his life. It's interesting. People ask him about his military experience there with the train being ambushed and him taking really dangerous, brave maneuvers and why he did that. And he said, I do not believe the gods could create so potent a being as myself for so prosaic an ending. How how could the gods have made somebody like me to die in some commonplace situation like this. That was Churchill's idea. I'm too big of a big shot to be killed in a little ponunk battle in South Africa. That's the way he felt about himself. Now, I'm not sure we need to have that, but I think one of the things that strikes me is his confidence. And I like confidence. In some places, I like it better than others. If you're going to have brain surgery... You would like Dr. Goodhands to come in and say, I've done this surgery many times. I'm the best in the world. We're going to get this taken care of, and you'll be just fine in a couple of weeks. You sure don't want your surgeon to come in and say, don't know what I'm doing, not real sure about it. Hopefully, we'll get you put together. Same thing for plumbers, mechanics, or anything. We like confidence. We like confidence. We want to know that people are, are able to do things that we're, we're counting on to do. And you think about... Our athletes today, you know, the great athletes, boy, you never hear one of them that's anything less than supremely confident in their abilities. And I wonder, how much does confidence affect our achievement or maybe in our effort? So many people you hear say, I'm not good at that or I can't do that or I've never done that or those lack of confidence things. And we know when they verbalize that lack of confidence, there's no chance they'll do it. There's just no chance. Without some confidence, we just don't even want to try. But when we have the confidence, when we do believe we can, quite frequently we were able to. So I I think that's one of the things to learn about Churchill. He's a really fascinating man. There's a lot of things about him. One of the things that always was peculiar to me is he hated whistling. So someone would walk into his place and start whistling, and he would... Well, anyway, we all have our things. Some people don't like chewing gum. Some people don't like whistling. But Churchill's a very interesting man and a man of great confidence, even as a young man. And I think what we need to understand is that a a lot of the time, the key to being able to do it is first just accepting and believing in ourselves. Grab the confidence and go from there. So I hope that helps. The word for the day is be confident. Like old Winston Churchill, be confident. Believe you're going to do great things. Believe in what you can do. Don't listen to the voice that says you're not able to or you're not likely to or you're not very good. Just don't listen to that voice. Be confident. Hey, read a good book. Try something new.